the true history of the christian departing of the reverend man martin luther by justice jonas this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org the true history of the christian departing of the reverend man dr martin luther collected by justice jonas michael celius and and Johannes Faber which were present thereat and translated into English by John Bale. In the year of our Lord, 1546, at the instant request of the worthy and noble earls of Mansfield, the reverend man of God, Dr. Martin Luther, departed from Wittenberg on the 23rd of January and rested the first night at Bitterfeld. For this only cause did they call him there at that time to end by his godly discretion certain grievous schisms and controversies which had long and not without parallel continued betwixt them rather coveted they him than any other person to finish those variances for that they knew him a man of most grounded conscience learning and judgment and also native born within their dominion in a city called Eisleben and though the treaty of such politic causes pertained not to his vocation yet was he not undiligent in reducing that long consigned malice and dangerous hate into a most agreeable christian concord and the rather that it was in his own native country on the twenty-third day of january about eleven of the clock he came to hallis and remained there all that day forth and two days after in the house of dr justice jonas in the meantime he made there a solemn sermon in the temple on the conversion of st paul out of the apostles acts on the friday after which was the twenty-eighth day of january he departed from hallis from dr jonas and his second son johann martin and paul and so passed over the dangerous flood in a small wire taking his journey from thence towards Eisleben, his own native city as he had once entered the country of mansfeld he was honourably received of an hundred and twelve horsemen anon after in the chariot he became so sore sick that all they which were present much doubted of his life whereupon they took the next harbour and relieved him with such provision as there was so that he was very cheerful that night and complained no more of sickness from the twenty-ninth day of january till the sixteenth day of february he was continually occupied about the matters of concord and agreement of the foresaid noble princes bringing it unto a most godly conclusion and besides his great labour in so necessary a cause he preached in the meantime three worthy sermons and one time communicated with the christian church there in the holy supper of the lord and in the latter communion which was upon the sunday he ordained one minister of the word of god after the apostle's manner from the aforesaid twenty-ninth day of january to the sixteenth of february many a wonderful sentence came out of his mouth and many comfortable words did he utter many hard places of the scriptures he opened in the presence of the noble princes both at their tables and otherwhere else whereof a book is now compiled and imprinted and among all other he oftentimes complained of his age and said if it pleased god that he came again to wittenberg he would desire no longer to live but depart in the lord and always at evening he used in the space of these twenty-one days to go from the prince's great hall into his own chamber 
where, as standing right up against the window, he occupied a certain time in most fervent prayer unto God the Eternal Father, whereof we, Justice Jonas, Michael Celius, Ioannis Aurifaber, and Ambrose, his own servant, much marvelled, understanding oft-times certain of his words. And this done, he turned him always from the window towards us with a merry countenance, as one delivered of a very heavy burden. Then would he a little common with us, and so go to his bed. On the Wednesday, which was the sixteenth day of February, both the noble princes and we desired him to keep his chamber, and no longer to accumber himself in their matters, which were afore that fully and clearly pacified. Notwithstanding, he came forth that morning, and again at even, like as he had done every day afore, in the very same evening after supper, about six or seven hours afore his departing from this world, he made us a most grounded sermon of death necessary and of the life to come, having therein this sentence among other. O blessed Lord, twenty years are a very small time, yet if there were no increase therein according to thy godly creation and ordinance, the world would in a manner be clearly vacant or without people. The greater part of his church doth God gather unto him from infants, and verily, I believe this to be true, that when a young child of one year of age dieth, there departeth out of the world with him a thousand or one of the same age. But when I now depart the world, which am threescore years old, there will scant twoscore depart hence with me of the same age, so few are there which live to that age, and nothing else win we by our long continuance here but daily afflictions and sorrows, in beholding the wickedness, falsehood, and calamities of this world. What a cruel spirit our common adversary is! We need to go no farther for record than ourselves. And none other thing else is mankind than a sheepfold appointed to the slaughter. Afterward, in the night, as we were in diverse communications, he chanced upon this question, whether in the world to come or in the perpetual congregation one of us should know another or nay and as we instantly desired him therein to say his mind he made us this answer how did adam said he how did adam said he how did adam as he arose from the sleep that god cast him in genesis two and beheld eve standing by him whom he never saw afore he said not what art thou or from whence dost thou come but he said this is now a bone taken of my bones and a very flesh of my flesh thus perceived he her not to be made of a dead stock or a stone, but of his own flesh. And full was he of the Holy Ghost in that hour, having the perfect and thorough knowledge of God. To this full knowledge shall we come after this life, being renovated in Christ, and shall know one another by countenance more perfectly than ever Adam knew Eve his wife. After these communications he arose and went into his own chamber, his one sons, Martin and Paul, with Michael Celius following him. Anon, after leaning in the window, he gave himself to prayer after his accustomed manner. Then went Michael Celius down again, and Master Yuan Aurifaber came up, unto whom he said, I wex now very sick, and much pain I feel about my heart. Then said the said Master Yuan unto him, When I was tutor to the young earls here, as either of them felt any grief about the stomach, the countess ministered thereunto such a comfortable medicine as relieved them straightways. If you will have that, I shall procure it for you to the easement of your grief. He desired him so to do. Then went he down, and sent up Jonas and Celius unto him. 
which asked him how he did, and he complained of a wonderful grief about his heart, then did they comfort him with warmed kerchers, whereupon he somewhat amended. Anon after came Earl Albert, in great haste unto him, with Master Johann Aurifeber, bringing the afore-rehearsed medicine. And the Earl said unto him, How do ye, Master Doctor? He answered, No parallel is there to be doubted, most benign and gentle prince, but my hope is within a while to be much better than I now am. Then commanded the noble Earl the said medicine to be given unto him, and so after certain communications he departed from him again. Immediately after, as he somewhat amended, he desired to lie down upon the bed about nine of the clock, and slept the requisitely by the space of more than half an hour. Dr. Jonas, Michael Celius, his first sons, Martin and Paul, with Ambrose his servant, remaining still in the chamber. And as he awoke about ten of the clock, he said unto them, What, sitting there yet still, ye may go to your rest? They answered, No, Master Doctor, it is meet we watch and see what ye have need of. With that he desired to rise, and so went into the study which was next to his chamber. And as he had entered the said study, he spake these words, The everlasting God be my comfort, for now I go to my bed. Into thy hands, O Lord, I commit my spirit, for thou, God of truth, hast redeemed me. And as he had done of his clothes, and was laid in the bed, he gave to each one of them his hand, and said, Farewell to you all, sweet brethren, in the Lord. Pray for the congregation and holy gospel of God, that they may have prosperous success. For the wicked counsel of Trident, and that abominable Pope, hath sought and yet seeketh to do them both great harm. Anon after he fell again on sleep, and rested quietly till one of the clock. And as he awoke, he called his servant Ambrose, and commanded him to make hot the stove, or hothouse. Then Dr. Jonas asked him, How felt he himself? Whereunto he answered, O my Lord God, how sick am I this hour! O Master Jonas, I reckon none other than here in Eisleben, where I was both born and baptized, to lay my mortal bones. Then said Dr. Jonas and his servant Ambrose unto him, we doubt not, but God, our eternal Father, will be your singular comfort through his Son, Jesus Christ, whom you have so earnestly preached to the world. With that he arose up alone without help, and went into the stove, repenting against the words aforespoken. Into thy hands, O Lord, I commend my soul, for thou, God of truth, without fail, hast redeemed me. And so once or twice he walked up and down in the stove, and then returned again to his bed. Then came there in unto him his host and hostess, Master Simon Feld, a doctor of physic, and one Ludotius, a medicine master also, with certain other of the city. Anon after resorted unto him Earl Albert and his lady, with other noblemen and women, bringing with them all manner of sweet odours, ointments, spices, and comfortives. And all they did their best to comfort him there. Then called he unto God, saying, O my Lord God, how grievous anguish suffer I now about my heart. I shall now die, Lord, I thank thee highly. I shall now lay my bones in Eisleben, mine own native city. Then said Dr. Jonas and Michael Celius unto him, Reverend Father, call now upon the Lord Jesus Christ, whom you so entirely have loved our only mediator and high bishop of our souls, and no doubt of it he will graciously hear you. Ye have now well sweat, God will we trust better it. Whereunto he answered, 
yea but the sweat is cold and full of death i give over this life for my pains increase more and more o my everlasting father the god and father of our lord jesus christ yea the lord of all ghostly comfort i render unto the most high thanks this hour that it hath pleased thy inestimable goodness to make open unto me a sinner thy most dearly beloved son my lord jesus christ whom i have now i thank thee in full and perfect belief him have i preached him have i confessed him have i loved and glorified whom the most wicked pope with his cursed cormorants do still yet darken disdain mock persecute and blaspheme i beseech the most dear lord jesus christ mercifully to receive my soul o my heavenly father though i now leave this mortal body and am taken from this life yet do i certainly know that i shall evermore dwell with thee and that none shall be able to withhold me from thy gracious hands so hath god loved the world that he hath given it his only son that none which believe in him should perish but have the life everlasting for god sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved he that believeth on him shall not be condemned the god saith david which is our saviour is even the same lord god by whom we escape death give thanks unto that lord in the congregation for the well-springs of israel for his glory is here and his might in the clouds then resorted unto him the medicine-master of whose hands he received the quantity of a spoonful of that he ministered anon after that he said again i go hence i go hence my soul i commend unto god which created it and with that he thrice repeated again these words lord and father into thy hands i commend my spirit thou god of truth hast truly redeemed me and as he had thus commended his soul to the heavenly father he lay quietly still and moved not at all then they which were about him uttered many ghostly words they moved him refreshed him and called diversely upon him to speak but he neither opened eye nor yet answered one word as he was thus in quiet and departed to every man's thanking dr Jonas and michael celius cried with a loud voice reverend father will ye persevere in christ and his holy doctrine which ye have hitherto taught and constantly now die in the same he answered with stomach that all which were present might hear it yea and with that he turned himself on the right side and so slept the space of a quarter of an hour so that many reckoned he should have recovered but we liked nothing that sleep but from thenceforth with lights we most diligently marked his eyes anon after came in earl johann henrik of schwarzenburg with his lady and by that time he waxed very pale in the face his feet and hands were deadly cold and from the heartward he somewhat panted but it was so softly that we very little perceived it in the which light breathing he gave over his life to god without any pain to all our judgments for he neither moved hand nor feet therein neither was there any of us as we testify here in conscience both before god and man that could perceive in him any perturbation duller or other unquietness of body in his departing but quietly and sweetly with all gentleness of spirit he rested in the lord like as old simeon said now lets thy servant depart in peace according to thy promise so that this saying of christ in the seventh of john may well be verified on him verily i say unto you he that keep my word shall never see death this text out of the seventh chapter of john was the last clause that in this life he wrote with his own hand about ten days afore he departed 
and for a memory all he registered it in the bible of hudrich hans his friend which was there the rent-master of that city and he left it after this sort never to see death what an incredible speaking is this if it be conferred with manifest and common experience yet he which is the verity itself hath so spoken it truly when a man hath this sentence in serious remembrance steadfastly believing it and departeth hence therein he must pleasantly pass away and not feel the hard pangs of death and undoubtedly blessed is that man in that word of belief which he hath so remembered in the very death hereunto he thus subscribed martinus luther doctor fifteen forty six the seventh of april after this was his dead body wrapped in a new white linen vesture and so laid again upon the bed remaining there still in the space of five hours in the meantime came therein many worshipful and honest citizens beholding it not without tears of faithfulness and love on the nineteenth day of february about one of the clock at afternoon was the corpse carried forth with great solemnity and spiritual songs in their mother tongue into the principal church of st andrew and many great princes and earls follow the same as wolfgang prince of anheit with his first brethren earl philip and earl johann with their wives and whole families earl albert earl johann and earl wolfgang of mansfeld with their wives and households also prince eucred with his first sons earl george and christopher with their ladies and assemblies with a great sort of lords and gentlemen more and a wonderful number of the common people where as dr justice jonas made the funeral sermon divided into two parts the first treating of the personage and godly gifts of martin luther the second of the latter resurrection and life to come the third comprehendeth certain combinations and threatenings against the truth's adversaries that he being dead should not yet cease to invade antichrist's blasphemous kingdom and this was upon the latter part of the fourth chapter of st paul's first epistle to the thessalonians anon after at the instant petition and request of the most noble prince-elector johann frederick duke of saxon the corpse was decreed to be carried with solemn obsequience into the famous city of wittenberg the noble princes and earls aforenamed accompanying it with great worship to the father gates of eisleben and about six of the clock at night the next day after they came therewith to hallis where as it was also received with like solemnity of the senate and citizens and so reserved in st mary's church there all that night in all the towns and villages as they came by were the bells solemnly rung with no small lamentation and dolour of the common people the next day it was honourably received of the lords and high officers of the noble duke of saxon the earls of anheit schwarzburg and mansfeld and other great estates more with mighty number of horsemen and so brought solemnly to bitterfeld and from thence to the city of wittenberg long were it to rehearse all the funeral ceremonies and sorrowful mournings among the common people in the towns as they went as they were once come to the gates of wittenberg at the commandment of the prince-elector johann frederick which was there present the rector and masters of that noble university with their great number of scholars on the one side and the worthy senate with their great commonality on the other side received them worshipfully in their degrees 
afore the hearse went from thence in order the ministers of the churches and schools of their scholars and they sang spiritual songs in their mother tongue as their common manner is at burials next after the corpse followed his most christian wife catherine luther with certain sober and discreet matrons after them followed his second sons johann martin and paul james luther a burgher of mansfeld with divers other of his kinsfolk then followed the high rector or dean of the university with such young princes earls and barons as were students in the same after them followed dr georgius pontanus dr philippus melanchthon dr justus jonas dr johann pomeranus dr caspar Kugia, dr hieronymus with other ancient doctors and masters of the university in a comely order after these followed the great commonalities both of students and also of the common people last of all followed their honest matrons and virgins in a seemly order also and after them such a number of strangers as never in wittenberg was seen afore that day and as they had once brought it into the church they set it afore the pulpit and sang unto god their accustomed songs and commonly at great burials in their mother tongue then went dr johann pomeranus into the pulpit and made a most comfortable sermon to that most worshipful audience which is now imprinted in like case philip melanchthon made a funeral oration with very earnest spirit to the comfort of that congregation which is also imprinted and here into english translated after this oration certain learned masters thereunto appointed reverently took the body and so buried it not far from the tombs of the noble dukes in the same church thus is the precious organ and instrument of the holy ghost the body of this reverend dr martin luther committed to the earth in the tower temple of wittenberg not far from that pulpit wherein he made many a notable and godly sermon by his lifetime in the presence of the most worthy electors dukes of saxon and many other noble princes more so that it may well be verified that st paul writeth one corinthians fifteen that is sown in weakness shall arise in power the body that is sown in corruption shall rise again uncorrupted so christian a departing from this misery unto the eternal felicity our everlasting heavenly father grant us of his mercy infinite which so graciously called this elect servant of his martin luther to so worthy an office and also the lord jesus christ whom he so faithfully preached and confessed to the world with the holy ghost which gave him most singular strength in dangerous perils against the wicked pope and the gates of hell amen we justice jonas michael celius and Johannes aurifaber which were present at the godly and gracious departing of dr martin luther from the beginning to the end do testify here in conscience as we saw and heard as we will be saved afore god in the great day of trial and not we only but the noble princes and earls which were there also present do witness the same god the father of our lord jesus christ grant us all his most flowing and abundant grace amen end of the true history of the christian departing of the reverend man martin luther by justice jonas